I don't have any jokes for pastor yet. I try to let them come naturally. He's been abusing me the last couple of weeks. Um, This evening, we're going to look at the disciple whom Jesus loved. Is there something important happening tonight? You know, you know what they, I think I preached this, I said this joke last year. You know what they call Christians that come to church on Super Bowl? Super Christians. So, dead joke. Number one. Okay. All right, let's on. All right, the disciple whom Jesus loved. We're going to look at verse 36 to 38 this evening. John 1, verse 36 to 38. All right, let's read. And looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. And the two, and the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto them, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being, say, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? He saith unto them, let's read verse 39. He saith unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt, and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love, grace, and mercy. Lord, thank you for your word. Lord, we pray this evening that you will bless us by your word. Break your bread, Lord. Fill our souls. Fill our minds. Fill our hearts. Lord, as this cup is filled with water tonight, we ask that you will fill us with your love. Um, Speak to us, Lord. Um, The Bible says where the Holy Spirit is, there's liberty. Holy Spirit, have your way tonight. Um, Liberate our ears, Lord. Unclog these ears of ours, of all distractions, of all noise, of all um, other desires, all other voices, Lord. Oh, Lord, quiet our ears this evening that we may hear your voice. Speak, Lord. Liberate our hearts. Lord, give us affections for you tonight. Let our desires be centered on you tonight. Lord, let us be liberated from affections for other things in this hour, Lord. We did not come here um, for man's opinion, Lord. We did not come here um, for the latest news article, Lord. We came here to hear the heart of God, to hear the mind of God. Speak to our hearts. Be our chief desire tonight, Lord. Oh, Lord, let the flesh die within us this evening. Let our spirits be liberated to hear and be uh, attentive to your word. And, Lord, free our minds. Liberate our minds. Liberate our minds from the depressions of yesterday, of the stress of tomorrow, of the problems of next week. Lord, liberate our minds that we may focus in and think upon your word. Lord, you have not called us to a blind faith. You called us to a knowledgeable faith. You want us to be learners, disciples of yours. 
to think upon you. That's why you gave us a book. Um, you gave us a book that our minds may be engaged in reading and hearing your words. Liberate our minds. And Lord, liberate my lips, Lord. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Speak life tonight, Lord. I did not come here to hear my voice. I came here to hear from you. Speak to us, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. The disciple whom Jesus loved. There's, oh, it's two, it's two of them over there. I can't do that. It's the right hand. The right is the good hand. Uh, there's nothing greater in all the world than to know Jesus loves you. There's no greater joy in all the world to know the fact that Jesus loves you. To look in the mirror every morning, look at this beautiful face. Look at your beautiful faces. And to look in the mirror every evening and look upon yourself and say, I am a disciple who Jesus loves. I am a man. I am a woman. I am a boy. I am a girl that Jesus loves with all his heart. There's nothing sweeter than that. When you know this, when you know this fact, you'll be willing to be boiled in hot oil for his name's sake. When you know that Jesus loves you, you'll be willing to be stranded on an island called Patmos for years. When you know this and understand that he loves you, you will be willing to be put in the lion's den, to be sawed in half, to be stoned to death, to be crucified upside down. Oh, it's the love of Christ that constrains a man, a woman, to be willing to suffer for his name's sake. There are few, there are few who truly realize in their Christian lives how much Jesus loves them. And John is one of those few. Oh, I pray today, I pray tonight, if you're not confident that Jesus loves you, you will become one of the few this evening. John was one of those few. It all started with John, for John, um, with John the Baptist. He listened and he heard the preaching of John. He sat underneath John the Baptist's ministry. Don't know how long, but he sat underneath his ministry. He never tired of John. He loved John as a teacher. Um, he, he went to hear John preach uh, probably often, being called a disciple of John. He probably went every day to hear John's same message. One message. Every Sunday. Repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. Every day, every hour. I, I wonder if John, and I know he didn't do this, but like probably good Baptists, if he did do this, he would ask the question, Pastor, can you preach something different? He's just saying the same old thing. Every week it's the same message. Every day it's the same message. Can I get something different? But no, John was a disciple of John. He followed John. He listened to John. He sat underneath his teaching. He was faithful to his preacher. But that all changed in John chapter 1, verse 36 to 38. 
It all changed for John, um, John, talking about the apostle John, the disciple whom Jesus loved, when one day his rabbi, John the Baptist, changed his message. The first new message that he had, and that message was, Behold, the Lamb of God. And he said, Follow him. And you know what John did? John followed Jesus. Here we see the first step to becoming a disciple whom Jesus loved. Obedience. Obedience here, John, in, in, in this verse, he, the Bible says in verse 36, let's read it again. Uh, 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 and looking upon Jesus as he walked, this is, this is John the Baptist, looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, behold the Lamb of God. And then the two disciples, this is John uh, here, and, and he's one of these disciples, heard him speak. I believe Andrew's the other one. Heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. I love that. They followed Jesus. They didn't hesitate. They didn't wonder. They didn't ask why. They didn't, they didn't doubt. They followed. And John said, behold the Lamb of God, and behold, they took off and chased after Jesus. We don't win Jesus' love. Let me get this. Let me make sure I, uh, you understand this. We do not win Jesus' love by obedience. No, but we live in Jesus' love when we are obedient. Uh, we don't earn his love. God is not that way. He is love. Uh, we don't earn his love, but we live in his love when we obey. Obedience is wrapped up in the word follow. Jesus always preached, follow me, to the lost. Matthew 4, 19, he looked at Peter and Andrew. He walked up to him and said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Um, later on in John 1, he came, and he came to Philip. He find a Philip, and he saith unto him, follow me. This is his way of, of commanding mankind to come. He doesn't say, let me into your heart. He doesn't say, um, would you like me to be your savior? No, he shouts out, follow me. He wants us to turn, repentance, turn from our way and turn to his way. Uh, multitudes followed Jesus. But I tell you, John, the apostle, followed just one step closer. The 70 followed Jesus, but John followed one step closer. The 11 followed Jesus, but John followed just one step closer. James and Peter followed Jesus. But I beg to tell you this evening, John was just one step closer. Oh, to be a disciple whom Jesus loved, we must follow him one step closer. One step closer than all others. One step closer than everyone else. Oh, to be a disciple of Jesus' love, we must get just a little closer, not in a competitive way, but in a Jesus is the best way. John the Baptist was good. Jesus was the best. He chose the best over that which was good. Uh, when you follow Jesus, when you are a disciple whom Jesus loves, you will abandon that which is good for that which is best. John left John the Baptist, who was a great teacher, because he found the best teacher. 
Jesus is the best. He is the best in nature. He's the best in preaching. He is the best in heart. John wanted the best. So he obeyed the command, follow me. That's the first step, obedience. Second step to becoming a disciple whom Jesus loved, you must abide. You must make Jesus your home. Look at verse 38. These three words. It's three words in the, in, in the English language, but it's one word in the Greek. It says, where dwellest thou? Um, this one word is meno, and meaning abide. This is one of Jesus' favorite words throughout his teaching. Throughout the whole Gospel of John, you will find abide, abide, abide many times. Um, John here, he, he wasn't just seeking just a word of encouragement. Or just a, a good moral principle. You know, some people come to church for a TED talk. They come to church for a good moral lesson. They come to church for a good encouraging word, a blessing. No, he didn't just come to this rabbi for a blessing. He came for something much more. Uh, he came to live with Jesus. He wanted to remain with him let me mean no. Let me abide. Where, where do you abide? Where do you stay? Jesus said it best in John 15. Abide in me. Um, what does a branch do when it abides on the vine? It, it gets its sap from the vine. It gets its energy from the vine. It gets its life from the vine. Jesus said, I am the vine. Ye are the branches. Oh, John was one who received his sap from Jesus, his energy from Jesus, his life from Jesus. Uh, to be a disciple whom Jesus loved, you must abide closely to Jesus. And John didn't just, he didn't want to miss a thing Jesus said or did. And you know what? He didn't miss a thing. He was there for every healing session. He was there for every teaching session. He was always, you will always find John as one of those three. I believe John 13, 23 shows just how close John was to Jesus. You could turn there. John 13, 23. The Bible says, now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom, one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. It's like he, he wanted to hear the heartbeat of Jesus. I would do an illustration here, but I'm not about to lay my, chat, my head on, on Danny, Danny's chest. Uh, all right? But he laid his head on his chest. It's like he wanted to hear the heart of God. He wanted to know. He wanted to hear his heart beats. And you know, because he leaned his head on him, let me make sure I'm not getting ahead of myself. Uh, he leaned his head on Jesus. He got an answer that none of the other disciples got. But I, I think we're going to touch on that a little bit later in our notes. But I ask you the question, how close do you want to be to Jesus? Do you linger too long over the hypotheticals of Scripture and not enough at the heart of the Scriptures? The one who Jesus loved wanted the substance of Jesus, not just the surface of Jesus. His abiding was intimate. Daniel, his, his abiding was intimate. When you are intimate with the Lord, you learn things others never learn. 
as he was laying on his chest, he asked Jesus, who will betray you? You can read that in John 13. Who will betray you? Jesus told him the answer. None of the other disciples got the answer. He learned that answer. When I tell you this evening, when you lay your head on this word, when you lay your heart to this word, you will get answers to life that others will never get. Abide means make Jesus your home. You know, I, I'm good just like you are at lying to people when they come to my home. Um, when, I, when, when people come to my home, I tell them, make yourself at home. I do not mean that. If they came in my home and they took their feet, took their shoes off, took their socks off, went upstairs, took a shower, and got in my bed and laid it on my bed, I'd be like, hold on. That's not what I mean by make yourself at home. You know what I mean by make yourself at home? You sit right here in this chair. Here's the remote. This is the stuff we watch. Don't move an inch. You want some water? That's what I mean when I say make yourself at home. You know what Jesus doesn't mean? He doesn't mean that when he says abide in me. He doesn't mean that. He doesn't mean come to church, sit right on the pew. This is what we think abide means. Jesus, I'll leave my Bible right here. I'll be back if I'm not too busy on Wednesday. But I'll see you next Sunday. Sunday school, uh, I'm a little too tired. But, but Sunday morning, I'll be here. Oh, you're going to find me here, baby. I'll be right here, Lord. On Sunday afternoon, maybe, Lord, if the Super Bowl is not on. Maybe, Lord, if, if I'm not too busy. Maybe, Lord, if I don't got too much to do this week. But Monday, it's mine. Tuesday, Lord, it's mine. Wednesday, I told you if I'm not too busy, I'll give it to you. But Wednesday, it's mine. Thursday, it's mine. Friday, it's mine. Saturday's definitely mine because I ain't working for the man. But Sunday, I'll see. That's not what Jesus means when he says, abide in me. Make me your home. Kick up your shoes. Get in your bed with me. Walk in your home with me. Wake up with me. Have lunch with me. Have an afternoon snack with me. Walk with me. Talk with me. I want to be your home. That's what John wanted. Where dwellest thou? Where do you stay? I want to be there. Oh, too many Christians. We are babes in the faith because we have not learned to abide. We have too many whining Christians. Whining. I mean, their favorite language is whine, whine. Pastor, wine, wine, pastor, wine. That's not growing in the faith. Imagine if my daughter tonight, with all her teeth, was over there just saying, wine, mama nurse me. Wine. Imagine if she needs to go to the nursery. Imagine me picking that big old girl up, dragging her down to the nursery. You know what? We got too many Christians who've been saved for 20, 30 years, and all they do is wine. All they do is still drink milk. All they still do is say, pastor this and pastor that. And they have not learned to abide and to grow as God wants us to grow. Paul said in Hebrews, I want you to be teachers. By now you should be discipling somebody else. But I got to still give you milk. That's not the way we're going to grow in Christ. That's not the Christian life. 
If your Christian life is only coming to church on Sunday, you have a miserable Christian life. You're more sad than the world. Because God wants so much more for us than just coming to church on Sunday. Where dwellest thou? That's the second step to become a, a, a disciple whom Jesus loved. Third step, stay near to the cross. Turn your Bibles to John 19, 26 to 27. This is more expositional topical here. We're going to work those fingers tonight. Third step to being a disciple whom Jesus loved is stay near the cross. Verse 26 in chapter 19. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple standing by whom he loved, he said unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then said he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her unto his own home. You can't get more to the heart of God than the cross of Jesus Christ. John stayed by the cross. We often say all the disciples abandoned Jesus, but I tell you, we're often wrong about that. John was there. He was there in Jesus' darkest hour, the disciple whom he loved. Oh, grab hold of this. You stay close to the Jesus cross, you will stay in his love. The song we sing, I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. Do you really cling to it? As one preacher said, Baptist, we don't preach lies, but we know how to sing them. Do you truly cling to the Lord? Do you cling to the cross? Do you stay close to the heart of Jesus, the cross, the very cross where he hung and bled? John didn't run. He didn't try to hide. He didn't deny. He even stood next to Jesus' mother. That tells you how much he's identifying with Jesus. Oh, he clinged. Oh, how he was loved and how he loved the Lord. I believe if he could, he would have laid his head upon Jesus' bosom one last time in that hour and heard Jesus' last heartbeat. He cleaned. He wasn't ashamed of the blood. Though the tears may have filled his eyes, he kept his eyes on the cross. Where are your eyes today? On yourself? On your family? on your prosperity, on your eyes on the gas, on the president, on the market, on all the troubles of tomorrow, or your pain? Where's your, where's your eyes today? Are you in self-pity right now? Are you self-loathing right now? I, I tell you, self-pity and self-loathing, they're built on the mountain of pride. Take your eyes off yourself. Fix your eyes on the cross. It's in the cross we find security for our future. It's in the cross we find peace for our past. It's in the cross that we find salvation in our present time. The third step of being a disciple whom Jesus loved is keeping your eyes on the cross. Fourth step. Fourth step here. And I got one more step after this one. Fourth step. He was a trustworthy servant. Look back at verse 26 and 27 in John 19. 
When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple standing by whom he loved, he said unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then said he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her unto his own home. It is he who he is he who is loved. Jesus gives his prized possession to. All single sons, all single sons' greatest possession is usually mama. Jesus was a caring son. He cared about his mama. Jesus gives his greatest human possession, I would say, into the hands of John. What responsibility? This just shows how John was trustworthy because he had a servant heart. 2 Corinthians 4, 1 says, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, this service, as we have received mercy, we faint not. Jesus knows what's in man, Daniel. He knows what's in us. And when he looked at John, he saw a man who was responsible. He saw a man who was a servant. He saw a man who had a servant heart. John was responsible with taking care of her needs, sheltering her, feeding her. He couldn't look to a nursing home. No, she was, she was his. He couldn't go to the government aid. No, no, Rome was not sending him any checks for taking care of mama. Uh, she was trusted to him. The most spiritual thing John could do was to take care of Jesus' mother, not write epistles, not plant churches. I believe, and I'm getting ahead of myself here, but this is why John doesn't write any epistles till he's old. I believe it's partly because he had a job to do. He had a service. He could go with Paul and travel and go all these. No, no, he had a job to do. Every epistle he wrote, he was old. Even his gospel, he was an older man. Why? Because he had a job to do. John lived in the hour of that season. Verse 27 says, and from that hour, that disciple took her unto his own home. Uh, Ecclesiastes says, to everything there is a season and a time, to every purpose under the sun, under the heaven. Here's our generation's problem. Here's many times been my problem in my life. We don't know the seasons we are living in. We don't know how to live in the seasons we're in right now. We're like Jesus' brothers. When they wanted Jesus to be famous right now, look at John 7, verse 6. They wanted him right now to go down and make himself known. Jesus said, then Jesus said unto them, my time is not yet come, but your time is always ready. That's many Christians. I'm always, I want to be this, I want to be that right now. I got to get there. I got to, it got to happen. We're rushing life. We're, we're so focused on rushing that we get ahead of the Lord. John, John didn't write a gospel until he was an older man. Why? Because I think he would take care of Jesus' mother. John didn't write his epistles until he was an old man. Why? Partly because he was waiting until Jesus' mother passed away. I believe that with my heart. I believe either Jesus' mother was going to pass away and he could be free to go serve the Lord in other capacities or he had to wait till Jude get saved. 
Because apparently those boys wasn't what Jesus knew those boys wasn't ready to take care of mama. So Jesus gave him to a trustworthy man. Um, in a word, Thomas Watson says this, in a word, a contented Christian being sweetly captivated under the authority of the word desires to be holy at God's disposal and is willing to live in that sphere and climate where God has set him. Jim Elliot said it best, wherever you are, be all there. John was all there with Jesus' mother. Now, I know he went down with Peter to Samaria, but that's all you would ever see of him really traveling. John, for many years, is dormant. He's silent. We don't hear from him, at least from reading biblical history. Even when John wrote, he was a humble man. He wasn't looking to boast in John, but in what Jesus did for him. He's a disciple whom Jesus loved. Being a trustworthy steward of God's calling on your life is to know what season you are in and live in it to the fullest. Oh, how he was loved. Oh, how he loved. And let's go lastly, fifthly this evening. So our fifth point. Run fast, keep fear, have faith. I got one more thing to say, and I will stay about this with my children on that last point. Live where you are. Like my... Be a child. Be a kid. Your focus right now, and, and my daughter's into this situation with right into this other boy. I want to kill him. Um, but my children's my children's job right now is, is school. That's their season. To be a kid. Too often we make your kids too old today. We see it all over our society. We're in a rush. Don't be in a rush. Live your life where you are, where God has called you right now. Be content and give him your all. So let me go to this next point. To be a disciple whom Jesus loved, you need to run fast. You need to keep fear. You need to have faith. Look at John 20. John 20, verse 4. Faster. Um, here we see um, verse 4. So they ran. This is after the resurrection. Hearing the news of the resurrection of the missing body of Jesus. So they ran both together. And the other disciple did outrun Peter and come first to the sepulcher. Here's John humility. He doesn't even put his name there. He could have wrote down for all eternity, John outran Peter. He could have boasted, but no, he, the disciple, the other disciple. So humble, so much humility in his writings. And John outran Peter. Why? I don't believe it's because he was younger and Peter was older. No, they are both fairly young men. And Peter is a pretty strong man. Scripture shows us Peter was pretty, long, pretty strong. I mean, he, he was physically active. He was a fisherman. He wasn't just a lazy dude just sitting on his couch watching TV. It, 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 scripture shows us that he cut a man's ear off, a soldier. He can, he can hold his own. 
Scripture tells us that he swam faster than the boat that he was on to get to Jesus on the shore. So he's a fit man. But why did he run faster? I believe, and maybe I'm stretching the point here, I believe John ran faster because I believe he loved the Lord. Loved him more. And Jesus knew this. That's why he never asked, do you love me, John? He was more eager. He heard the news. He ran faster because his heart was beating faster. His hair was sticking up on the back of his neck. He wanted to see his Lord. Oh, Jesus' love for John and John's love for Jesus made him get there faster. Oh, Jesus never had to ask John, do you love me? John loved Jesus. Does Jesus' love make your heart beat fast? Does it make you eager to worship his name? Did his love, does his love make you eager to serve him in your ministries? Does Jesus' love make you excited to come to church and be with his people? Does your heart beat fast for him? Um, it, he was faster because he loved the Lord. He feared. Look at verse 5 in chapter 20. He's stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. This stooping here means to be restrained by awe and reverence. Although he, he, he knew the Lord loved him, he didn't lose reverence for the Lord. Uh, though he knew the Lord loved him, and though he loved the Lord, he didn't lose reverence. When he got to that door, he knew this is holy ground. I tread lightly here. Uh, so many Christians, sadly, they take the fact that Jesus loves them, they lose the fear of the Lord. Oh, I, I tell you, I, I venture, venture to say tonight, if you don't fear God, you don't truly love him. He feared. He stooped. He had reverence. Um, 1 John 2, 4 and 5, John says it this way, uh, the apostle here. He, he that saith, I know him and keep him not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. John John, who, who, whose epistle was all about love, love, love came to the end of his epistle in 1 John 5, 21. He says, little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. He talked about love, 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 and then he came right back around to the Ten Commandments. Fear the Lord. Have reference for the Lord. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. He, he gets to the end of all this love. He brings them right back to, you need to fear the Lord. Keep yourself away from idols. He had a fear. You want to be a disciple whom Jesus loved? Fear the Lord. And then lastly, faith. Verse 8 in chapter 20. It says, he examined and believed. He examined the tomb and believed. Oh, I, it, it, it also moved him to believe faster. The fastest disciple to believe, I believe, is John. He believed the Lord resurrected. He came to the conclusion after all the evidence, 
he believed. He loved the Lord. Then went in also that other disciple we read, which come first to the sepulcher, and he saw and believed. That's the scripture, verse 8. The last step to being the disciple whom Jesus loved, you must believe without, where others doubt, you must believe. Where others say they moved his body, you must believe. Where others say they, where others only examine the facts, you must believe. Where others say, I must touch his hands and touch his side, you must believe. Oh, how John was loved. Faith separates those whom are, are loved, who are loved and loves God. It's faith that separates them. Daniel was blessed in Babylon because he believed God was worthy. He's the only other guy or other man in the Bible that speaks about him being loved by God. Daniel 10, 19, and said, O man, greatly beloved. He's the only other person that's talked about in that way where God has a love for him. Why? Because he believed. He had a faith above all others. The love of God covered him. The love of God kept him. The love of God will keep you. The love of God will keep me. When we love the Lord, when we have our faith totally wrapped up in the Lord. Now, I, I ask you this evening. Do you believe the resurrection, saints? The resurrection, when you believe it, you will be blessed. Do you believe that because of the cross and the resurrection, you are loved? You are loved tonight. John uses one word that blows my mind throughout all his epistle. Beloved. Beloved. It blows my mind because that's what the father said about his son. That one little word, it means worthy of love. He's telling the saints, he's telling us, you're worthy of God's love. That makes no sense to me. Right? We were dead in trespasses and sins. But I'm worthy of God's love? Why? Because of Jesus. Why? Because Jesus rose from the grave. Why? Because Jesus died on the cross for all of my sins. We are worthy of God. We are beloved. We are his sons. We are his co-heirs. We are his brother. We, is, we are his brother and sisters in Christ. We are, we are brothers and sisters of Jesus. We are sons of the Father of heaven and earth. We are loved. Praise God tonight. I pray Though you may not be living, abiding like you should, and though you may not be obeying the Lord like you should, and though you may not be serving the Lord like you should, I pray you realize this evening, you are still loved. He just wants you a little closer. Just come a little closer. Let me love you a little bit more. That's how, that's how I think of it. We're loved. Praise the Lord. We are justified. Just as if we never sinned. But the Christian life is all about him, us getting closer. 
and enjoying more of his love. Walk with the Lord, saints. Be a disciple and know you are a disciple whom Jesus loves. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your words. Lord, I pray this evening that we will we will walk away from your words more assured, more trusting that you love us. And Lord, I pray this evening that you will, if someone here does not know your love, that you will open their hearts, that you will lavish, as Titus says, lavish them with your spirit, that they will know your love in all its fullness, in all its glory. Oh, Lord, move tonight. Oh, Lord, let someone tonight begin their following of you, that they will obey the command to follow you, and that they will abide, that they will run faster, that they will serve better, that they will grow by your grace. Lord, help us. In these last days, we so need to abide closer and more to you. And we so need to love you. Increase our faith, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray.